Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. I know what you're thinking. You're pleasantly surprised because this audio is decent and you're like, thank God he is not doing a podcast episode on his phone like he sometimes does behind a dumpster or while he's running or you hear all this wind noise. He's actually using a microphone in a studio. Well, the studio is my garage and there's no parrots in the background. What is going on? Is he leveling up? Uh, The parrots come and go. You know, my garage door is open. It's just very quiet today. So um, hopefully I'm going to be easier on your ears. In this episode, I'm going to answer questions just because I have so many. And um, I enjoy answering questions. I think that your questions um, are relatable because although we're all going through different things uh we're we're kind of not you know (laughs) there's a lot of overlap the human experience is predictable and it's uh it's very relatable no matter what your story is okay so let me flip through some of your questions and i I try to pick questions that uh, hopefully throw the widest net you know all right here's a question what does it look like to be in a relationship and not need your partner? So this sounds like you're in a relationship or you've been in many where you feel like you do need your partner. So what does this look like? I, I like the fact that you ask what something looks like because that's something I ask all the time, you know. So we pull it out of theory and bring it on, into to everyday life. You know, what, what does it look like? to be in something where where you're not needing your partner. So let me tell you what I think it looks like. It looks like, first, having your own life, focusing on your own life. Uh, It looks like doing life with your partner 
sharing your life with your partner, but not doing life around your partner or at your partner. So let me explain real quick. Uh, around your partner is walking on eggshells, not expressing yourself. It's a form of hiding. You may be afraid or you just, you're just not used to um, you know, being vulnerable and transparent, right? Or you're doing life at your partner, which is um, control, possibly, uh, which is yelling, throwing chairs, <laughs> reactions, you know, um, that's at your partner. Now, doing with life with your partner, this is what not needing your partner looks like to me because when you do life with your partner, you are also building your own life, but you're also staying connected to your partner by expressing expressing yourself uh doing life with your partner means uh sharing your ups and downs your daily struggles you know all that shit and also expressing what you, what you need now expressing what you need is very different than um needing your partner do you know what i'm saying so like needing your partner being dependent on your partner whether it is for uh, emotional uh, safety or, or whatever it is, you know, financial, um, having this, having your part, partner be um, almost like a, a, a part of you, like a, li- like a third limb growing. That's really weird. That dependent on your partner where if your partner is not in your life, um, yes, of course, your life would maybe be, you know, be less, uh, uh, you may enjoy your life less, um, but if your partner is not in your life, wait, what am I saying? Sorry, I, here, here's what I do. I, I try to think so far in advance that my words start crumbling as I speak because I'm too much into the future. So I need to come back into the here and now. Oh, take a breath. Okay. Man, that was weird. I got a little, I got a little, a little loopy there. Going back to your question. What does it look like to be in a relationship and not need your partner? We shouldn't need our partners. We should want to be with them. So um, doing life with your partner, but not needing them, not being dependent on them. Right. So not being needy. And the way that you do that is, and what that looks like is, building your own life, taking responsibility and ownership of what comes up when you do feel needy, right? Also, expressing your needs. Expressing your needs doesn't mean that you are needy. Okay. I think I answered it. How to notice resentment. This is from Ashley. And how to work it out. First, I would check in to my body and ask myself if I am carrying anger, resentment, any kind of residue from something that has happened that I'm still holding on to. Where is it in your body? Is it there? Are you, is it in your gut? Is it in your shoulders? Where is it? What does it feel like? You know. Um, and then, how do you how do you work it out? I don't I don't I don't know uh, if you actually were. I don't know if that's the f- phrase that I would use. You process it. You know. 
Uh, and I think it starts with a choice to want to forgive. And, I, you know, if you, because a lot of people have resentment, they're angry about something, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I forgave him. I forgave him for cheating on me. Uh, did you really? Or are you still holding on to it? Because every time you guys get into a fight, you pull that shit out and hang it over his head and say, remember when? And you did this to me, right? So that's not forgiveness. That's that's called leverage. <laughs> so have you made a choice to fully forgive someone, you know? Um, maybe you have logically, but maybe you have not done it in a daily practice. Forgiveness is a daily practice. It's not a one-time thing, you know. And so ask yourself if you have started the process of forgiving the person for whatever you're mad at at him or her about, um, knowing that that's the action it takes to start to uh, quote-unquote work out or uh, work through, process your resentment. And it's okay if you struggle with it, you know. Some days are going to be easy. Some days are going to be hard. And this is why a therapist is so important is you could actually talk about what is making you angry still and allowing yourself to be angry, except you're doing it in a controlled room instead of, um, you know, uh, slashing tires and throwing shit (laughs) or withholding sex or whatever. So uh, process it in a room with a therapist after you have made the decision that you are going to forgive this person. Know that it's a daily practice. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing, right? It's something that uh, you do daily, like the cho- like choosing to love. And maybe choosing to love today means to actually forgive daily. That's how you're choosing to love this person, is to actively forgive him or her. Notice it. Make a choice to forgive. Process it. Process it with a therapist. You can't process it in a mirror by yourself. Work through it. Allow yourself to feel. And that is the, pro- that is the, the, the journey, the process, and how to, um, as you say, quote-unquote, work it out. All right. Czar Barsa asks, or I don't know if it's a, it's a question. There is no question mark. Maybe uh, he or she ran out of space. Managing guilt after breaking up with someone who was nothing but kind to you. Ooh, managing guilt after breaking up with someone who was nothing but kind to you. Can I just say something real quick? Sometimes breaking up with someone because that relationship isn't honest is the greatest gift you can give to someone. I understand because I have broken up with people all my life. Um, I understand the guilt. I understand feeling bad. I know what it feels like uh, when someone um, is crying and is confused and maybe you breaking up with them is abrupt and um, what you know they didn't see it coming, right? And so it's it's traumatic. I get that. I, I am guilty of um, doing that to people uh, in my life. And of course I feel shitty about it. Uh, but... If that relationship isn't honest to you, if you find yourself doing the best that you can and you just know that it's not working or you're drifting and you're just kind of going through the motions of love instead of actually being in it uh, and you've come to the conclusion that this is just, it's not going to work, right? 
then letting that person go is a gift. Breaking up with that person is a gift. And so, I mean, that's the way that I would look at it is that's uh, not a good fit. And I don't want to waste any, anyone's time anymore, you know. I think being in a relationship where you know that it's over and just being in it because you're afraid or because you don't want to be alone or you don't want to hurt the other person, to me, that's selfish. So I understand you feel guilty, but know that if this relationship isn't for you, um, breaking up with that person is, is the most uh, – it's the most responsible thing you can do. And by the way, when you break up, don't allow yourself or the other person to stay in contact. I mean, there's like, there's like you know, there's a little bit of residue. I don't know whether it's residue sex or keeping in touch. There's a little bit of that, of course, right? But after that, you got to really tighten the vice. Unfollow people. Um, un- unfollow your, your ex or the person you just broke up with. Don't text, don't call, don't make it harder, you know. Um, Be strong, draw boundaries. That's how you heal. Uh, The more that you kind of go back and forth, the more confusing it is, the more you're just pulling scabs, ripping scabs, instead of allowing uh, the wounds to heal, the hurt to heal. Okay, final question by Victoria. She asks, how important is sex in a relationship? Well, it's going to depend on the person but I, I don't like to, to – okay, I want, I want to um, reframe this question because it's – you know, sex is an act. It's, it's a, a verb. It's um, a vehicle to intimacy. But it's, it's not just the, the sex, right? I think um, a better question is how important is intimacy in a relationship? And so sex is one way to be intimate, but also – uh, so is sharing a meal. So is you know um, building a f- fire. I, I don't. I have no idea where that came from. I don't know why. I don't know why I, I said that. Building a business, uh, raising a child, um, anything can be intimate. Anything can connect you to another person on an intimate level, not just sex. Um, so. How important is intimacy? Uh, very important. I think it's it's the it's it's what makes y- you uh, you guys a couple, or else you guys would just be friends, right? That that romantic intimacy is why you guys are uh, lovers and apart and partners, and not not just friends. Um, sex is one part of intimacy, and I think sex is important um, because I think, generally speaking. We don't stretch ourselves in sex. I'm not saying literally. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys do some uh, uh, stretching exercises before. Maybe I, I'm thinking like Sting. I, I think Sting, he does uh, a workout and a warm-up before he has sex because supposedly his sex is like six hours long or something. Um, what I mean by stretch is exploration curiosity not the same routine you know uh what i mean by stretch is vulnerability expressing how you want to be touched what feels good so throwing away all the definitions of um what sex should be you know um the stuff that you uh absorbed in locker rooms and pornography and you know whatever uh, and I'm I'm definitely part of that equation. You know, I uh, grew up with a very distorted version of what sex should be like, and 
um, it was very uh, just mechanical and about the scoreboard and um, making someone finish and ego and you know all of that um, not about connection so I think generally speaking um, sex can become very routine and create uh, room for us to drift and so how important is sex I think it's really important if you uh, stretch if you um, go into sex possibly uh, differently with intention mindful slowing down eye contact exploring trying different things if you have sex at night do it during the, during the day if you have sex during the day do it at night <laughs> um, spice things up right whatever all of that stuff uh, but it is important because it's one way that we are intimate and um, more importantly than sex I think intimacy is what's important that's the leg that you want to build that's going to help you hold up your relationship table it's not the only leg there's other legs um, sex is only is one way to do that and, and of course it's a great way to do it um, but I think it is important because if you're not actively working on your sexual relationship, which very few do, by the way, because life happens. We get busy, you know. Um, and we also have our own likes and dislikes, and then we just kind of gravitate toward that. Sex can easily become a color by numbers, you know. Well, we start kissing, then we do this, and you put your hand here, then we do this. Oh, you like that? I like this. It's over. And then that, just like every time, that same record, just playing over and over, can become um, stale, and suddenly it's just sex becomes just going through the motions, right? So reboot your sex communicate explore do things try new things you know um get on the same page about it don't don't do it without telling your partner <laughs> your partner might be like what are you doing <laughs> um make sure they know <laughs> get on the same page thank you for listening thank you for asking uh the questions and uh yeah you know i just had a moment of as i'm approaching um 300 episodes I just had a moment of gratitude I started this podcast um, for fun and I promised myself I'd do 12 episodes uh, now I'm at 300 and I'm still going I still enjoy it and uh, 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 none of it would, would be possible without you listening so thank you so much for listening and uh, be well Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo. Journey coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.